Welcome to the Rock Creek Family Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Jonathan, and thank you so much for joining us today. We know that uh, there's so many other things going on, so many other things you could be listening to right now, but you have decided to listen to what God has in store for you on this podcast. So we just pray and ask that God would bless you in this sermon Thank you again for joining us. Don't forget, you are part of the Rock Creek Family Church family. Acts chapter 2. We have been in this for the last few weeks. We're going to stay in this for one more day. I I think this will probably end this series up called Now What Do We Do? Or What Do We Do Now? What Do We Do Now? Some of y'all are still asking that question. What do we do now? <laughs> you know what? I think that question will probably be asked quite a bit for the next few years if I read my Bible right. <laughs> right? All right. Acts chapter 2. Oh, thank you, Miss Jill, for jumping over and saving Eli. He was... Acts chapter 2. We're going to start reading verse 37 through 39. Then we're going to sk- skip over to Acts chapter 3 and verse 19. Acts chapter 2, 37 through 39, and then 3 and 19. If you got it, say, I got it. All right, most of you should say, I got it, because you either got your phones rolling, or you got it on the screen, or you got one of those handy dandy Bibles, those, those, those real, tangible, touchable Bibles, right? Turn your neighbor and say, I'm old school. <laughs> I still, I still like a, I still, I'm old school because, hey, you, I just found out this morning. I just walked back there by the computer and it shut down. I kid you not. They looked at me and said, what'd you do? I said, I don't know. All I did was walk back there, so I'm, I'm still old school. All right, Acts chapter 2, verse 37 says, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, the famous line, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Skip over to verse chapter 3, verse 19. Chapter 3, verse 19. You're going to kind of see a common theme here. Repent, therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Anybody here need a little refreshing? Am I the only one that needs a little bit of refreshing? Needs a little... I saw there's a sign not too far from here that says, are you tired? Get a, get a B12 shot. I, I wanted to write with a Sharpie under, under that little sign that says, there's not enough B12 in the world to get myself going some days, Right? Uh, I can't, sometimes, I, I, I used to not ever drink coffee. Now I'm 
I'm getting to the point where I'm, it's, it's part of my go-go juice, but it only go-goes for so long. Amen? All right. What do we do now? What do we do now? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. That's what we do now. Father God, you are good. You are so good. So merciful, so gracious, so loving. But also, God, I recognize you are so powerful and so awesome, so glorious, so full of everything that I need, full of power and full of energy, full, God, of every blessing that I could need, full, full of wisdom. You are so full. There is no emptiness to you whatsoever. And so God, I come to you with a cup that is empty, asking you, Lord, to pour into me, pour through me, pour, pour God out upon this broken vessel so that, Lord, it may pour refreshing, not just to me, but to those around. Use your Word as... As such today, use this Word to revive and refresh and resuscitate and renew and regenerate. Use it, Lord, today. God, we need it so much. And it's in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray with expectation. Amen. Amen. I know it's cloudy outside, but y'all awake? Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm awake. You don't have a neighbor, say it, yell it to yourself. Pinch yourself. Slap yourself around a little bit. How many of y'all slap yourself around sometimes? Am I the Okay, good. I'm, there's a couple of you, but I probably slap myself worse than anybody else does. I am probably my own worst critic, that is for sure. I have never one time walked away from any moment that I did something, whether it was something I spoke or something I, I did, that I didn't walk away kind of critiquing it, saying, well, I should have done this better or that better, this, that, the other. And I have to be careful because that voice gets really loud sometimes. Any, any, does anybody else know what I'm talking about? Where that critiquing voice gets really loud, where it's thumping in the back of your head, and uh, if you're not careful, it gets really, really annoying because it won't let you go. <laughs> it won't let you go. And if we're also not careful, we will allow that to be the driving force in our life. Now, don't get me wrong. There is nothing wrong in fact, I would dare say every good leader has that voice in their head that says, well, let's, let's critique, let's do better, let's see what we can do. But what we have to do is, is allow God to teach us how to turn the volume of that voice from a 10 down to about a 3 <laughs> so that it is not necessarily dr our driving force, that He is our driving force. He's, it's in the car with us, but it's not behind the wheel. Can you say amen? Amen. Well, the driving force that we have here is what I want to talk to you for a few minutes about. It's that driving force that God is calling us to be. He's calling us to be a force. He's calling us to be something that cannot be hidden. He's calling us to be something that makes this world brighter and makes this world better. Salt, light, something that makes this world better, something that makes this world brighter. 
How many of y'all ever tried to eat bland food? What's the first thing you usually grab for? Something's got to bring the goodness up out of it. I know it's in there. I know it's in there. But we got to do something. Something's got to be shaken. Something's got to be added. Something's got to come out so that things can be a little bit better. How many of you have ever been in a place where all you needed was just a little more light? It can be very frustrating when you're trying to, to, to feel around and, and, and do the best you can by, by feeling. When, when, and, and feeling is great. I'm so glad that God allows us to feel Him. How many of you are thankful that, that you can feel the presence of God? That it is something you feel. It is something that, that does stir you. It's something that you can get emotional about. It is so, not that that's what drives you, but it is something that, that God wants you to know. Hey, like you feel love, I want you to feel me from time to time too, right? I want you to know me. I want you to feel me. I want you to feel goosebumps when my Holy Spirit walks into the room. I want your heart to jump and skip a beat whenever you feel that I'm close to you. I want you to feel my arms wrapping around you whenever you're full of grief. I want you when you're full, when you're empty. I want you to feel my myself, my love, my power pouring down and filling you up. I want you to feel me. How many of you know, how many of you know God wants you to feel Him? He does. How many of you have ever felt God? I mean, have you really ever felt the Lord? One of the strongest times I ever felt the Lord was when someone broke out an accordion and said, sing, and started singing, Shout to the Lord. Steph? <laughs> no? Okay. I'm just wondering. Just wondering. I guess I'll have to be the one that brings out the accordion and start playing it next week. No on that either. Over for 2, guys. I'm over for 2. <laughs> God wants you to feel Him. But I think even more than that, and what we're going to talk about today is God wants you to respond appropriately. He wants you to respond to Him, respond to the times we're living in, respond to the, what we're seeing out. And He wants it to be an appropriate response. Not a reaction, but a response. There's a difference, there's a big difference. Nature says that there's a fight or flight reaction that we have natural down inside of us. Down inside of us when stress comes up or things happen that doesn't look right or, or we're under a, a situation we can either determine as dangerous or, or something to that effect, then we have this fight or flight inside of us. And we're probably almost half and half in here, most likely. Some of us if, if, on a natural basis, if something shows up and it's kind of scary, some of you would duck and hide, and some of you would want to get up and take care of the situation. Some of you are fight, some of you are flight. And that is a natural response or reaction. But I think God wants to take us past a natural reaction and move us into a way to respond appropriately. Appropriately. Let, let, me, let me go a little deeper with this. Just curious, how many of you have ever had an opportunity to do, to do one of these really awkward and weird things called CPR training? Y'all have done CPR. I hope, I hope Jessica has. <laughs> right? Uh, Stephanie had, 
She just used, I was the dummy right now. Uh, it is really weird. If you've ever done that, it's really awkward, isn't it? If you haven't done it, I think we all just need to do it for fun one Sunday. Y'all looking at me like, no, please don't do that. And I said, well, there's a way out of it, right? There's a way out of it. Just get 20% tied that day. No, I'm just kidding, guys. I'm just kidding. Come on, I'm trying to wake you guys up a little bit. Just wake you up a little. Just wait. And usually money will do that, right? No, have you ever done CPR? It's a really awkward, weird thing. You're there, you're, there's a dummy right there in front of you, and there's usually, I don't know, somewhere between four and ten, maybe twelve or more people right there, and, and they're going through what you need to do, and they tell you how to do it, and they tell you how to position the dummy and do all of these things. And then it comes to your turn, and you're like, well, I don't want to kiss that thing because everybody else has already kissed it. No, it just makes you feel weird. But what I really want to get to is at the beginning of all of that, how do you know what to do? How do you know CPR is needed? There's no response. There's no response. There's, there's something, hap- something has happened to this individual or maybe this dummy. Something has happened in a way where he or she is not responding. In fact, I showed you how old I am. We were supposed to nudge the person, yell at the person and say, are you alright? Are you okay? And if there's no response, what do you say? You, somebody, go for help. What I would probably do is say, you, get down and kiss the dummy. I will run and go for help. No response. No response means something drastic needs to take place. No response means that there's something not operating properly. Something, good response or bad response, something needs to happen. I think we're living in a time in which even though God allowed some stuff to happen over the last year or so, I think we're living in a time where God is stepping back and looking to see who's going to respond and how. Who's going to respond and how? And it is my prayer that as the church, we know how to respond. As individuals, we know how to respond to all that's going on. That we not get so settled in a reactionary way of life, even spiritually reactionary, that we look at all that's going on. Now, okay, y'all are looking at me like, looking at me like I'm a little weird. Show of hands if you think the world is just a little bit crazy right now. Okay, good. Rest of you are like, I don't know, I'm not watching the news. <laughs> I understand. I could share with you some statistics to let you know it's, it is a little scary right now. It is a little scary right now. The statistics would most likely either scare you or maybe make you look at yourself and go, ooh, things aren't real good. I don't think I have to talk real long about how things are just not really that great right now. From the landscape to the, to, to the scene to everything that's going on. Right? So I'm not going to talk real long on that. But what I am going to talk on is, what do we do now? What do we do now? 
Now that we see that, I just don't want to be the type of believer that sees what's going on and says, well, why don't I just stick my head under the sand and just hope for the best? Now don't get me wrong, it would be really awesome if God, if Jesus stepped out on that cloud and winked at his angel and the angel put that trumpet to his lips and he began to blow. Or as Irma Bombeck once wrote, he tooted, I scooted. That, don't get me wrong, that's, that, that will be incredible. How many of you say amen to that? I'm, not, I'm making sure y'all are awake today. Okay? How many of you know the rapture would be really, really cool way to go, right? And, and, and I do believe it can happen in any, at any moment. It really can. There, there's so many things that are happening. It's like dominoes are falling so quickly now. I believe it can happen at any moment. But... I don't want to be so caught up in the fact that it can happen any moment that I don't start doing what God wants me to do today. Right? I, can't, I cannot in, in good conscience look at all of the stuff that's going on out there and go, well, it don't really matter because He's going to call us home at any moment anyways. Because the truth of the matter is, He could call me home long before He calls out the rapture. He could call me home in, in the next second or two. Okay, I was just waiting. Making sure. He could call any one of us home. We're not promised tomorrow. In fact, if you want to get down to the nitty gritty, we're not promised the rest of this day. Anything can happen at any point in time. So we can't just have in the back of our head, well... He's coming. I guess we don't have to worry about anything or do anything. Listen, I know people personally that have told me recently, I don't want to go to college because I think Jesus is coming back before I go. I heard one say, I don't want to get married. 22-year-old young man said, I'm not getting married and having a family because I think Jesus is going to come back before I, all of that gets to the point where I can have a family and raise it. And I looked at him and I said, listen, I understand your concern, but you can't miss out on the life God wants you to live now. You can't do that. That's not faith. That's not faith. Don't miss out because you know what? Maybe this world needs a family man. Maybe this world needs a man to raise his family right now under Christian values. Maybe, maybe this world needs to see a family that honors Jesus. Maybe that's what the world needs. The world doesn't need someone just saying, well, I can't do anything about anything, so I'm just going to sit and wait. We as a church can't do that. We, we as a church, we're in a, in a situation now in this world where we can't see all of the stuff that's going on out there. And if I had time, I, we would we'd go over some of it. But all of the stuff that's happening that makes us shake our head at, we can't just see all of these things and go, let's just sweep it under the rug. 
and hope for the best. There's a lot of stuff happening right now, guys. But none of these things that are happening, it's not, it's not caught God by surprise. None of it has caught him by surprise. He's already given us a warning. It's coming. Stuff's going to happen. The world's going to be crazy. But with that warning, he's given us the power to do something about it. And that something has not changed in over 2,000 years. It's the same something that the disciples did on the day of Pentecost. It is one of the major reasons why the baptism of the Holy Spirit fell on them at that time. It was the same thing as if Jesus had said, I'm anointed you to do something very special right now. And that very special something that I'm anointing you to do right now is not to just simply sit on your hands and wish for the best. Then Peter, standing up, with the rest of them. Now Peter did a lot of preaching that day, but they all stood there in support. Amen? And Peter standing up. Why? Because God called. God called. CPR was beginning. The world was getting a moment of resuscitation literally because the word spirit when the spirit fell on them the word spirit means breath Acts chapter 2 God saw that he had a group of people that were willing to wait on him willing to do what he's asked them to do willing to serve and pray and do everything that they could do follow his Example and follow his direction. And as they did that, he began to blow a fresh wind. And that fresh wind began to get the attention of the world around them. Do you think maybe it's possible that there is somebody out there looking for something? Refreshing. Is it possible that we've got a world that is needing something powerful? That maybe they're needing something that's moving, something that's flowing and pouring. Because I've witnessed a lot of people being drained by a lot of things right now. And I think it is appropriate time for us to do what Christ has called us to do as disciples. To position ourselves in such a way that we are responding appropriately to this fact. God is still calling 
you, let's read, I want to read this to you again, just so it's not just a bunch of words I'm saying. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as God will call. I love it when someone comes to me and says, well, that power of the Holy Spirit in their life, that was really meant for the disciples then. It's not meant for disciples now. And I want to say, and I have said to them, I understand where you're coming from, but as far as my Bible reads, we're still making disciples. That 2,000 years later, we are still disciples making disciples. And you're not really a disciple making a disciple unless the Holy Spirit is moving in your life in a way to do that. Because I can't make you a disciple on my own. In my own strength, in my own ability. I'm not trying to make you a disciple of me. I'm making you a disciple. I'm helping you grow closer to Jesus Christ. Which is what the Holy Spirit is doing in my life. How many of you are glad that the Holy Spirit is still active today? In our hearts, in our lives, in our minds. And that Holy Spirit, what He's doing is, is He's teaching you how to respond appropriately to the call of God in your life. A lot of people will think, well, what is the call of God in my life? Okay, well, let's start with this. Don't be a part of, part of a perverse generation. There it is. There's first and foremost. Is that not what Peter said? Is that not the, what his first sermon was about? To get things kicked off? He says, hey, the world's going crooked. <laughs> so be saved from that. Be apart from that. That's what the word repent means. Right? God calls us to worship Him. Because that's what we're created to do. He calls us to be in fellowship with Him. That's what we're created to do. God calls. Our response is worship. Now, I, I love the worship music we do. They do a wonderful job. They do. I love listening to other worship music. I've got, I've got playlists of worship music. When I'm praying at home, I Put, I put worship music on and put it in my headphones and I'm singing to the rafters, glad nobody's watching, but I'm just letting it rip. I, I'm, I love worship music. I love all of that. But, but what that is is just a part of worship. That is a part of worship. Really what worship is is a response that I have to who God is. A response that I have to all God's done for me. A response that I have to all God's doing in my life. A response that I have that I recognize it is by the hand of God. I'm here in the first place. A response to the grace He's lavishly poured out in my life. A response that recognizes that I know what a mess I would be with, without God being in my life. Alright, the rest of y'all are not messes. I'm a mess. 
I'm a mess without God. I'm telling you, I know I look really good on camera thanks to my makeup artist. I know I look like I have it all together, but to be honest with you, I'm a mess. Because y'all remember that voice that speaks really loud sometimes? I'm a mess without Him. And I recognize that. So how can I recognize the call of God, of the call of grace, the call of love, the call of worship, the call of God's power and presence being with me, the call up to fellowship, the call to go straight to Him, the call of His favor. How can I recognize that call in my life and not want to lavishly return a worship back to Him? How can I? I can't. You know why? Because I want to respond. I don't want God to pass over me and go, whoop, he's dead. Let's move on. I want to respond appropriately to him. I don't want God to ever do something in my life where I don't respond. Because that means you're spiritually dead. When's the last time you felt a holy nudge by God to do something? And I'm not talking in a way where you kind of uh, talk about it with Him and see if you can kind of twist His arm to maybe do something different. or You know what I'm talking about. Hey, go pray for that person. Okay. Jesus bless them. Amen. No, go pray for that person. Okay. Bless them. <laughs> Amen. Hey, go give that person 20 bucks. Well, um, I, have, I have $22, but, but um, I got to eat lunch later. So how about I go in and I break the 20 and I give him a 10 instead? Because I can still eat with the 10, right? Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm not talking like where you, where you try to bargain with him. I'm talking about you're in a relationship with him in such a way that when his Holy Spirit breathes, you're filled and you respond. You respond. You realize that from Genesis to Revelation, it's all about how people respond to Him. From Adam and Eve to the churches that the letters are written to in the book of Revelation. It's all about how they respond to Him. Adam, where are you? Adam, Ali Ali Oxen Free, Marco, Adam, finally, he comes out from behind a fig bush with nothing but that on. Says, Hey, what's up, God? 
The guy steps back and says, what's that about? New fashion trend? Well, I was a bit ashamed. And I didn't want to just face you because I was ashamed. Response. But aren't you glad God knows how to respond to our messes? That God steps in and says, Adam, I knew where you were the whole time. I knew where you were the whole time. I'm just looking to see how you're going to respond. And once he makes the first covering for them, once God sets them up with the very first sacrifice and the very first covering, from that point on, the, the, the relationship of how to respond, even in a state of brokenness, began to set forth. All the way do we read in the book of Revelation where Jesus says, Behold, I'm standing at a door and I'm knocking. How many of you are going to respond? Respond. Jesus Himself said, if you don't respond, nature will. Because even the darkness responded to God stepping out on the edge of His throne and saying, let there be light. Respond. Everything is set up to respond. When Jesus was here, how many times did He get connected with somebody and because of their response they were made whole. Woman hears about Jesus coming close. She has a choice. I don't know how much strength she had left. All I know is for 12 years an issue had held her back. An issue had drained her. An issue of blood had kept her from being fully what God had created her to be. An issue that sucked her dry of both time, energy, and money. All three things. Something was holding her back. An issue kept her from being being able to live a life fulfilled, an issue. How many of y'all got some issues? <laughs> we all have issues, don't we? We all have issues that I would also dare say keep us held back from time to time. Now I know y'all don't have to say that about yourself, but I'll say it about me. There are things I struggle with that I know that if I could just, just be done with them, I, there are thorns in my flesh that I wish weren't there. Because if they weren't there, then something would be so much better, right? And God tells Paul, I haven't removed those thorns because I want you to learn how to respond even though the thorns are present. Newsflash, world's full of thorns. Oh, it's, it's like, who sang this, that, that, that great, um, that great uh, rock and roll hymn, Every Rose Has Its Thorn? Right. The truth of the matter is, is, yes, there's some beautiful things in life, but there's also some thorns there too. How do you respond? How do you respond? 
there was a woman who said, I've got a little strength left. I've got a little strength left. And I cannot let Jesus come this close without responding. Woman with an alabaster box comes into the presence of Jesus and recognizes how much he has loved her. And she breaks that box open and she responds. She responds. Ten lepers. Ten lepers who were outcasts. Completely outcasts. Ten lepers who were literally rotting and on their way to dying. On average, a leper in that day would last five years. On average. And they're on their way quickly to an untimely death. Literally rotting away in front of people's faces and eyes. But Jesus comes close. Close enough for them to yell, please have mercy on us. Jesus says in response, go. Go show yourself to the priests. Now they've already done this. That's how they got marked with leprosy in the first place. They already had their certificate of leprosy. They're already dirty. They're already tainted. They're already on their way to dying. So Jesus says, go anyways and do it again as they went in response to Jesus' response. The Bible says they were made clean, well, healthier, right? But one, only one, responded by coming back and giving Him thanks. Because He responded in giving thanks, Jesus, go back and read Luke chapter 17, Jesus actually says to Him, by your faith, you are now saved. So what's crazy to me is that you could have a healed body but not be in proper response to God and lose the salvation part and not have that fullness of the salvation that He has for you. Our response. Our response. It's everything. How we respond to what we're seeing out there. How we respond to what God wants to do out there. How we respond to who God's calling us to be. How we respond as a church. It's going to make or break the next whatever time frame God allows us to live in. We're living in some turbulent times. I get that. It's perverse right now. It's what Peter said. It's perverse. Which means it's not going the straight and narrow. It's going crooked. We are, we are in a time in which things that are evil are called good, and things that are good, they're called evil. It just is what it is. Okay? Church is evil. Did you watch the Grammys? That's okay. Some of the stuff they put out, that's fine. Put a video out that says, I love Jesus, and see how many people are like, woohoo, I like that. 
We are in a situation, guys, where we as a church have to make up our mind right now. When we see all the mess that's going on, we got to make up right now, how are we going to respond? How are we going to respond? And just talking about how bad it is, that's not going to help. We all know it's bad. So why don't we start filling up our mouths and our hearts with all of the things God can do in this? A newsflash, that's why we're building this thing. Because we believe God can do something right now. Right? Right? Please, help me out a little. The more you help, the shorter I'll be. Some of you are like, yeah, right. (laughs) That's why we're doing this. I had a dream the other night that I was in this room and I was praying. I was praying hard. I was right in the center of this room. I was praying. Just just praying hard. And, And a guy came up to me and interrupted my prayer. And he tapped me on the shoulder while I was praying. I stood up and I talked with him for a minute. And he said, you do know that you could have built easily built a lot smaller building. I'll spit it out in a second. It would have been a lot easier for you to just build a little bitty tiny building. It would have been easier for you to just, just, just do that and then that way you wouldn't have to be down here praying so much. That was his exact words. Now y'all looking at me like, that don't make sense, does it? Why does that not make sense to you? Because that's exactly where God's called us to be. When we're in a position of responding to God, stepping in faith, walking in faith, doing something that requires us to stay on our knees praying hard for God to do something. That's the position He wants us to be in. That's the appropriate response. How do I know that? Because Jesus, ten days before the falling of the Holy Spirit, tells His disciples to do what? You go and you pray. Because what I'm about to do is not going to be done by any man's ability. I'll I'll use man. We'll partner together with this. But the power is going to come from me. That's the same position He wants us to be in. That's the heart of repentance. That's the heart that says, God, I've got to make sure that I'm leaning solely and trusting solely in You. If we were going to build this thing or do this thing just based on our ability alone, are we really worshiping God or are we worshiping what we have in our pocket? But now let's extend that into what's going on in the world. We have to really, truly be on our knees believing that God can use us out there just as much as he's using us in here. 
appropriate response, there were three things. Those three things will lead to that time of refreshing we're all searching for. Quickly, I'm just going to go through those three things. You know them. You just read them. Repent. Appropriate response when it comes to God and serving Him is repentance. Because our best intentions, let me just put it this way, put it the way Paul said it. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. This world's not going to change on intentions. Things aren't going to happen. God's not going to move on good intentions. Repentance. It's a heart that basically says, God, turn us however you want to turn us. If my people who are called by my name Does that make sense? Is it ringing a bell with anybody? Repent. Repentance. Isaiah, who is one of the greatest prophets, prophesied more about the coming of the Messiah than almost any other prophet. And when he gets a vision of the throne room, what does he do? Hey God, you're my homeboy. (laughs) He falls on his face in repentance. He had to repent before he was ever used. Peter, you think it's by coincidence he goes through that whole repentant reinstatement phase before he's ever able to preach on the day of Pentecost? See, we we live in a day in a world where where the word repentance is kind of a dirty thing. It's kind of a nasty thing. Because we think, I don't want to repent because I don't want to be wrong. I don't want anybody telling me that I'm wrong. Because it hurts my feelings a little bit. We are living in a generation, in a group, in a world of such... This may, I, hope I'm, I hope I don't mess up here by saying this, but we're sissies. We'll make Jonathan bleep that out later. I'll tell him I said it. We'll bleep it out. We're living in a generation where in a time, in a season where we are just, we're such sissies. When someone comes to me and tells me I need to, have, I need to correct something, my appropriate response is not, well, that hurt my feelings. The appropriate response is, if it needs correcting, I'll correct it. Hey, I don't like the doctor telling me any more than y'all do. Your cholesterol's high. Why? Because i got to correct something. Actually, Stephanie has to correct it and then make me correct it. Because I'm not real good at doing it myself. It's not my fault. I was born... I was born... to love bacon cheeseburgers. Not my fault. It's not my fault, is it? It's not my fault. No matter how much the doctor says, hey, listen to you, you don't correct this. It's not my fault. I was born this way, right? Or does it come to the point where we have to understand we're all born a little messed up? Every one of us. And when God comes to correct us, I would rather deal with His correction than die without it. 
And he said, be baptized. In that day, in that time, which is still today, the, the, the whole point in baptism is publicly declaring your faith in Jesus Christ. Yes, there is the remission of sins part where, where we believe that, that, it, that it's, when we've asked Him into our life, he's, he's washed us clean, which is why we do what we do and, and go through the symbolism of all of that. We don't have time to go through all that. I think everybody in here has got that down. But the biggest reason, one of the biggest reasons for, for this was, yes, the remission of sin, but second, it was to declare publicly and I'm a follower of Jesus now. I think it's a good time for us not to be wishy-washy in our following of Jesus Christ. Maybe it's just me, but I think the world needs it now more than ever. Okay? And the third thing is receive. He says, and you'll receive. You know what, there's, a, there, there's a, an appropriate way to receive a gift. Y'all realize that? We just talked about it. God lavished grace upon us in a way that still blows my mind. How many of y'all love the song Amazing Grace? All right, a few of you. Mom wants me to play it on the bagpipes one day for her. Amazing grace. We love that song, don't we? I do. Why? Because it reminds us of how truly amazing His grace is. And the day that I get to the point where I quit being amazed by His grace is the day that I stop responding appropriately. There's a proper way to receive a gift. And if I come and I give you a gift that is lavish, and you look at it and go, here you go, here's a million dollars right here. Right? If I gave you a million dollars cash right here. We won't report it. I'm talking about taxes. You good? If I, some of y'all say amen because you know what, you know. If I give you a million dollars right here, cash, we're just, boom, I'm not going to tell us something, just, here it is, use it. And I promise you, if you get that million dollars cash and you look in that big bag and you go, nah, and you drop it and you walk away from it, I will promise you, I will find somebody who will respond appropriately. And he will take me out to eat afterwards. <laughs> there goes the cheeseburger thing again, right? <laughs> when you shall receive this beautiful, wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit moving in our life. There's an appropriate way to respond to that. Because the crazy thing is, and I know it's hard for us to wrap our head around, but that is worth way more than a million dollars. Because the million dollars will fade away. 
Someone says, money doesn't buy happiness. No, but it buys a lot of donuts, and donuts make me happy. Right? Now, that, seriously, that will fade away, but the Holy Spirit will never leave you nor forsake you. He'll never fade away. I'm going to ask us to just ask the Lord in prayer to teach us how to respond appropriately to what He's doing and what the world is doing. Can we do that for just a couple minutes today? The word refreshing that we read in chapter 3, verse 19. You know what that word refreshing means? In the Greek, it means a recovery of breath. I wonder how many of us spiritually need a little CPR. I wonder how many people we come in contact every day need a little spiritual CPR. I want to do something a little differently today. Normally we have my wonderful wife come up and she tickles the keyboard for us. I want to do something a little differently. Because I want it to be about our response. Not just because it's this thing we're supposed to do. Because it's just traditionally how we do this. I want us to respond to God's call on our life. Would you all please stand with me? We all could use a little refreshing so that we all can be the salt God's called us to be. If the salt's lost its flavor, it's not good for anything. We all could use a little light up little Holy Spirit light to refresh our heart again. Every one of us. Especially now more than ever. We all need this church to be the salt shaker God wants it to be. We need this church to be the candlestick that the Holy Spirit lights on top of. So here's what I'm going to ask us to do. And I know I'm going to get you out of your comfort zone a little bit. You know, some of y'all are fight or flight. In just a minute, I'm going to have us all just completely spread out. And I want us to surround this sanctuary with prayer. I want us to surround this room asking God that we as people of this church know how to respond appropriately. 
we don't know who's going to be walking through those doors next Sunday or the Sunday after or the Sunday after or the Sunday after. We don't know what they're going to really, really be struggling with. I know we all look like we got it all together, but there may be somebody next Sunday, none of us in here are struggling today, but they may be coming through, they may be struggling. I can't face another year of suicide rate going up again without doing something. I can't do it. I can't. I'm going to ask us all to just go ahead, and I know it's a little awkward right now, but I want you to just go ahead and spread out. Just spread out. We're going to just cover this sanctuary. If you want to spread over there by the back door where I say amen, y'all can get going fast, that's fine. If you want to get up here close to the stage, that's fine. If you want to, if, if there's somebody that says, I want to pray on the altar because this, there may be someone praying here on the altar soon that may need it. I don't care where you get. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for doing that. I know it's a little weird, it's a little different. But thank you for doing this. Now, I'm actually going to turn my microphone off because I want it to be just as much you guys praying as me. Okay? Because here's the bottom line. Guys, I need your prayer. Big time. Okay? My family, we need your prayer. Big time. We all need to be praying for one another. We need to be praying for this church. All you guys who are on the front lines every day out there in the world, you need prayer too. We all need prayer, one for each other, and prayer that God makes this place what he wants it to be. Amen? Amen. All right. I'm turning myself off, and I'm turning you on. (laughs) Amen? Let's pray. Thank you so much for listening to the Rock Creek Family Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Jonathan again, and we are so thankful and grateful for you to be here and join us. We ask that you would make sure that you subscribe so that you can catch other podcasts as they come out. Also, if you would rate it and comment, let us know how God has blessed you through this podcast. We love you. We thank you. Have a blessed day.